Hello and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast with me, Robin Kermode. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass, Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. This episode is successful job interviews. We've all had job interviews, haven't we? Not all of them successful. Not all of them (laughs) successful. But in this day and age, you can have an interview sitting outside. You can have an interview in an office. You can have an interview on a phone, on a video call. Mm -hmm. What's ideal? Well, if you go into their space, it's an area that they feel supremely confident in. Some people would say, actually, I prefer to be at home on a video call because I can set my screen up and I can feel confident and I'm in my own space. But I think to be successful at a job interview, you really have to be in the same room as the person interviewing you so that you can see if there's the chemistry. When they are in the room, you get a much better feel of how they treat the reception staff. You can see all that, but it's also good for you because they can see the real you. Yeah. Let's remember that while it always feels like one way, they're interviewing you. But if you go into their office, you get a taste of what their office is like and their atmosphere and whether you want to work in that atmosphere. Yeah, do you want to work in this place? And I remember my first acting agent said to me, Robin, you've got a meeting tomorrow with the Walt Disney Company. And I went, oh my goodness me, I'm meeting Walt Disney. Well, not Walt Disney, he died, but (laughs) we're meeting the company. And she said, no, Robin, you have a meeting. It's very important that you think of it as a meeting. Because oh, you rather have, than an interview. Yes, because you have a choice. You can decide not to work for them. And also, yeah. she said, they want, in acting terms, the right actor to come in the door to play that particular role in the film or play. The same way that people in business are not holding interviews for fun. They're yeah. wanting the right person to walk in the door. So yeah. it is both sides. I think another important thing when we're talking about this is a phone interview in a pre-call. It's not ideal, but if you have to do it, I'd say stand up because... Your voice just sounds different, doesn't it? But also you have the ability to have different phases in the conversation. So you could be standing up and feeling strong, maybe if you want to talk about work, so your voice is centered. And then maybe you sit down for a little bit in an armchair and then you get up and move around. So you have more options, I think, if you're on your feet. Got it. Okay. So if you're on a Zoom call in terms of what you look like, now Mm. we've done a whole episode, haven't we, on how to ace a Zoom call. Mm. But what would you say in a job interview you should wear? And is it the same thing actually in person? Well, in person, you have to wear trousers or a skirt. In the gym. <laughs> you can just wear <laughs> you the top. Don't have to. It's just from here up. But except, people- if, except if the doorbell goes and you have to go and answer the doorbell and then you're seen. So that's, it's, <laughs> it's always a good idea to, to dress properly. But can I say, you know, I've interviewed somebody on Zoom recently. It was a man and he decided to wear a jacket and tie mm-hmm. on a Zoom call. At home. At home. So that was quite formal. But I really liked that. I thought that was a nice touch because he dressed the same way he would if we were in person. So he was dressing the way that he would dress if he got the job in the office. Yeah. And that's quite a good idea. I think that's a very good idea. Some people feel that if they put a suit on and a tie on, for example, as a man, or they look formal as a woman at home, it might look like you're trying a bit too hard. I think the one thing that I would say really trying to avoid, and this is the problem with video job interviews, is that you're in close 
close-up on a screen and we tend to look like a TV commercial if we're not careful. And then we end up looking like we're selling ourselves. And I would say the one thing about job interviews is we must never look like we're selling ourselves. Of course we are, but we have to look like we're not. So the mindset, I think, is you go in for the job interview, whether it's on Zoom or in person or on the phone, and you say to yourself, I'm really interested in this job. If I think, having talked to the person, that the job is right for me, then great. And maybe I'll decide it's not right for me. So it's a kind of even playing field between the two of you. And we shouldn't end up selling ourselves because maybe we don't want it anyway. Yes. So that takes us right back into going in for an interview, Mm -hmm. wherever that place is. And interviews outside, sitting on a park bench. A lady wouldn't wear smart dress and, you know, big gold hoop earrings or something if you were going to meet in a park. Would you? I mean, we're here in, in the UK today and it's quite cold. Yeah. So you'd probably wear a jacket or a coat even outside yeah. and that would be fine. Yeah. There is a, a naturalness about being outside. It's much less formal, isn't it? It's much less formal. And actually walking side by side, mm. you can have a much more intimate conversation, strangely enough, than when you're speaking right across from somebody, isn't yes. it? You can be much more yourself yes. than looking somebody in the eye. I often try to have in the first session, if I'm coaching somebody one-to-one and we have the time, I try to spend at least half an hour of it walking. Do you? Yes, because it varies. You get a different flavour from someone. And anyway, listen, we have to just acknowledge here that not all job interviews require you to be in a suit, all right, and be formally attired. There's lots of places now where you have to dress down, otherwise you look like a complete prat, right? Well, you look outdated. You look outdated. If you turn up, you look irrelevant. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So we're saying dress for the role. Appropriately, yes. Dress appropriately for the role. Find out how the company runs its dress code. Yes, but the one thing, of course, they will want, whatever you're wearing, is they want you to look focused, mentally focused. So let's get into the office or the place of work, the workspace, and you're going in for an interview. Let's just do the basics. How could you fail even before you're seen? But number one is don't be late. I mean, it sounds so basic, but I mean, I if you're late, it's like you don't prioritise this interview. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And of course, actors have something called the half. If you're doing a theatre show, you have to sign in at the stage door half an hour before the show starts. But the show doesn't start at the time that the audience thinks it starts. So if the show is due to start, say, at eight o'clock, backstage, the show starts at 25 past now you think, why 25 past? Yeah. Why weird? Is that? <laughs> well, that's because half an hour from 25 past to 5 to, 5 to 8 in this case, that is the half an hour because the show starts five minutes before curtain up time because that's the time it takes to get from your dressing room onto the stage. Oh. So the same thing I would say with a job interview, even if you're told the interview is at 11 o'clock in the morning, you can't arrive at 11 o'clock in the morning downstairs Because nowadays with security, it takes time to get processed. You've got to get into the lift. You've got to get up there. That can take 15 minutes. Yeah. So I would say get there super early because it's going to take you time to get to the right floor, find the right office. You once told me if you were going for a casting that you'd actually get there sometimes half an hour or an hour early. Always always half an hour. And find the actual door. Yes. Don't rely on a map. Actually go and find it and have a coffee and then come back. Exactly. So that when the interview itself starts, you're cool and calm Calm. and you're not panicking, thinking, oh my goodness me, I'm going to miss it. Uh, Okay, so be on time. So what's the other things we can do? Well, I think the second thing is to know why you're there. (laughs) And that again sounds obvious. What I mean by knowing why you're there is have a clear understanding of what it is thereafter. So whatever the job description is, we've got to be really clear. Those are the things that they want to see. And therefore, we've got to demonstrate those qualities. I would expect somebody to have read our website, Mm -hmm. every page of it, I would expect them 
to have read any media about us. Mm-hmm. I would also, oddly, this might be just me, I'd expect them to have looked up our annual accounts. If the company makes money or yeah. if it's a startup, you know, to that know, kind of thing. If you go for a job interview at a charity, you should know how much money they raise every year because that gives you a good context of what your package might be. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get on to that. So I would definitely prep. I would read as much as I can mm-hmm. and probably prepare some questions, wouldn't you? Prepare some questions from your side. Yes. Absolutely, because there's nothing worse than at the end of an interview, someone saying, so do you have any questions? And then you sit there going, no, um, <laughs> that's all fine. And now you look too desperate. It's like saying, no, I'll take the job under well, any it's, circumstances. It's what you said earlier. It's like it's not an equal conversation because you've got nothing to ask. Yes. You know, and they're asking you all these questions and they've prepped. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's respectful to come up with some questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're on time. We've dressed appropriately. We've read everything we can about this company and about the person who's interviewing us. Mm -hmm. Really important if you can find out anything about them. And also what they look like. I tried to find an image because there's nothing worse than sitting in a reception and not recognising the person (laughs) who's about to interview interview you. you. (laughs) That's quite helpful. Try that. Then we're shown into a room. Now, normally you're shown into a room by somebody who isn't interviewing you. It's just somebody showing you. Okay, what do you do at that point? Well, the classic thing is people say, "Um, please take a seat whilst you're waiting. Don't take a seat whilst you're waiting. Wow, really? Because if you're standing, even if you're pretending to look out of the window or look at the artwork or look at their certificates on the wall or whatever it is, when they come in, your eye level is roughly the same height right. as theirs. And therefore, you're, you start off on a much more equal footing. So you automatically then start the interview well. And then they mm-hmm. can tell you where to sit. Can I tell you a story? I was interviewing somebody. This was many, many years ago. And I walked in and this young man was sitting at the table with a newspaper in front of his face. And when I came in, he just pushed the newspaper aside and looked up at me and said, oh, hello. (laughs) That was rather studied. Yes, because he was reading a financial newspaper. He was trying to look important. And then he folded it up and he said, very nice to meet you. He looked so casual, like it didn't really mean much to him, this interview. So somebody who was sitting there eating an ice cream or even uh, texting on their mobile. Yes, put your phone away. As soon as you're shown into that room, put your phone away. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're in the room, you're standing up. Somebody comes in the room and you're about to be interviewed. So that person says, take a seat there. You sit down. Where do you put your hands? Well, they've done a survey in the States that if you have your hands on top of the table as opposed to under the table, you're 32% more likely to get the job. No. Yeah, because on an animal level, if you show your hands, it's a sign of non-aggression. You know, you're not hiding a gun or something. (laughs) (laughs) It does depend on where you're sitting. If you're sitting close to a table and you can have your hands resting on the table, that will be okay. If you're miles away, then you probably want to have your hands resting on your knee if your legs are crossed. Sometimes I've been interviewed and they ask me to sit in a quite a low chair and Mm. I'm in a skirt. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, if you're in that situation, I would cross your legs so that you can, you know. Yeah, so that you can lean. lean but yeah. leaning forward is great, of course, because it shows interest. And I think we want to do some body language mirroring, not too much that it's obvious. And if they lean forward, we don't want to lean forward and they lean back, we lean back. because It's oh, kind of obvious. Okay. But if they're quite formal and sitting forward and asking quite direct staccato questions then maybe that's the kind of response that they want from you, which is quite clear, quite short, quite precise. If they're sitting further back and they're taking a bit more time, then maybe you can mirror that energy level during that part of the conversation. Okay, good advice. It's also worth, of course, understanding what our own energy level is. So if we are naturally a bouncy, happy person and maybe over 
bouncy happy person and we meet somebody else who's over bouncy happy, then we can both be spiraling off the ceiling if we're not careful. And that's not necessarily very helpful. And similarly, if we know that actually we slightly underplay or a bit dry, we think, okay, maybe I just need to lift a little bit. So we just need to be self-aware. Okay, so the interviewer is going to start firing some questions. I don't know about you, but I think the opening question is, tell me about yourself. Nearly always. In in some form or other, that's really, isn't it? That's it. So any advice when somebody says, tell me about yourself? Well, I think third-party endorsement is always the safest way. Because if you say to me, tell me about yourself, Robin, and I say, well, I'm really, really hardworking and I'm very good with clients and I'm a wonderful team player and I'm actually a all-round wonderful person, (laughs) it makes me look like I'm picking myself up a bit. Mm. But if I said, well... If you asked my clients, I hope they would say that I was a good team player, that I was always on time, that I was energetic and added value to the team. I'm now putting those qualities that I've clearly shown that I value, but in in the voice of someone else. So I think third-party endorsement is a helpful one for that. And I think at this point, you should remember not to go on too long. If somebody says, tell me about yourself... You can start, well, you know, I was born here and then I went to school here. And I think what they're really asking you is what's your recent job history or what qualifications do you have? Yes, exactly. And and there's also a chance here to put in a human side of yourself as well. Mm. So you could say, well, my recent job was this and this was my role. I hope if you ask the team there, they would say that I was this. I'm sure if you ask my brother, he would say I was something completely different, right? (laughs) So you can offset not looking like you're picking yourself up. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is probably something like, why are you good for this role? Or what do you want from a job? It's going to be more specifically about that role, isn't it? So is there any special advice around those kind of questions? Well, again, it comes back to the job description. If the job description is we need someone who has the qualities of A, B and C, it would make sense to say, I'm looking for a job that has C, B and A. Do you know what? That is so true. The number of times I've interviewed somebody and they come in and they say, well, I'd really like to do that events job that you have going in your company, but eventually I'd like to be in research. And you go, but hang on. (laughs) I need somebody in events who's dedicated to events. Who wants to be. Who wants to be in events. But you can see they've answered the question like, I can see this is just my starter job in this company. And then I want to move into a more exciting role. You don't want a stepping stone person. So you're absolutely right. Quote back what Mm. the job description is. Yeah, it's not rocket science, is it really? No, no, it isn't. If you think about Um, it. So what about that big question? What are your greatest strengths? What are your greatest weaknesses? Mm. What do you say? (laughs) That's so hard. No, but it's a sensible question to ask, but it's a very difficult one to answer because the classic one is, you know, what's your greatest strength? I just work very hard. So you either answer it in a kind of ironic way like that with a a smile and a laugh. It's difficult to know how honest you want to be because you don't really want to say, my weaknesses, I'm just very difficult to work with. I mean, you know, to be honest, people find me tricky. I lose my temper a lot. And you think, no, okay, there's an honesty which is too much. Yeah. Actually, you're making a joke, I know, but it's funny because when people answer it not so honestly, like they say, I'm a really hard worker, I'm always here on time, my greatest weakness is making sure that everybody else does that. Yes, I can't know. stand it when other people don't do that. I can't stand do it that. when other people don't do that. <laughs> It's funny because then you don't believe what they're saying. You Mm. think they're just saying what they need to Mm. in order to get the job. And actually, I think you should say my greatest weakness is something, but I'm willing to train. Or I have trained. I think you could say my biggest weakness used to be that I like deadlines, but I used to leave things to the last minute. I always got them done, but I, I kind of put myself under pressure. I'm much better at that now because I know that about myself. So I always hit my deadlines, but I put less pressure on myself by managing it better. 
You could say, I'd like to upgrade my PowerPoint skills. I'm taking a course next week. That's a great one, isn't it? I see a gap in my skill set. By the way, I'm already doing that. You're already doing it. You That's could a do great that. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, here's the big one. Why are you leaving your current job? The rule is, never say anything negative about anybody. It always makes you look bad. Right. So if you're leaving your current company because you can't stand your boss, don't say it. What do you say instead? You say, I've been there for X number of years. I've done the job that I came to do. And I now feel it's time for me for a new challenge. And that's it. Full stop. Exactly. If someone says, did you like your boss? What did you think of your boss? Can you describe your last boss? And if your last boss you felt wasn't very good for whatever reason, you say, well, the proof is in the pudding. The company's done very well. Yeah. So you can always skate around it in, you can a, in, always a, di- skate in a diplomatic exactly. way. Exactly. Okay. I think another one that's really popular at the moment, because there's been a lot of books written about this, is name the time you failed and what you did about it and how you reacted to it. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of these books now about fear of failure and how failure is good and mm-hmm. how we celebrate failures because you took a risk and you tried. So if an interviewer says to you, tell me when you failed and what you did about it, how would you answer? Firstly, by preparing that answer because this is a question that might very well come up. So you'd be very foolish to think on the fly on this one. In my particular case, I can think of a couple of things that I did wrong in terms of career path decisions. At the time, they felt the right decisions. With hindsight, they were very foolish decisions, and I'd be very happy to talk about that. But I can do that now as somebody looking back on something I did a long time ago. I wouldn't say I completely messed up last week. Often the question I think that people get asked is, Can you tell us about a time when something happened in your company and something went wrong and what did you do about it? Yeah, I used to have to answer that question in more recent interviews. And I would always give an example where crisis hit the company. You know, it wasn't anything to do with me, but maybe I had responsibility in and around that issue. And I always said to myself, stay calm. And I think that's a good answer. So in the face of failure, stay calm, stay calm. Look at your options and bring everybody together for a solution. Don't enter into the blame game. Well, you did this and she said that and he did that and what? Mm. it's not useful. And it doesn't make you look like a leader. And if they're trying to hire somebody for a leadership role, then demonstrating those qualities under pressure is going to be helpful. It's going to be helpful. Okay, so that leads us really nicely into if you're going for a more senior role, people often interviewing you say, what's your management style? I never knew what to do with that. What do you say nowadays? Well, what are the qualities that people want in a leader? They want somebody who's strategic, somebody who's approachable, who's empathetic, who's strong when they need to be strong, who's inclusive. So basically everything. Good all round human being. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite hard to be all those things. It is. You know, originally, way, way back in the day, it used to be command control. I'm going to shout out what I want done. I want everybody to deliver it on time, as I said they should. But now it's much more inclusive. So that's fine. In crisis, that's what we want. We want people going, okay, listen up. This is what we're going to do. Because yeah. we need that in a crisis. You need somebody with confidence. Confidence and clarity. Yeah. But under normal circumstances, you want somebody who the team want to work for. So if you could say something like, what's my management style? Nobody's ever left my team voluntarily. Yeah. And then again, I think you could use the third party endorsement. You know, I hope if you asked my team, they would say that I was X, Y, and Z, you know. Actually, just thinking about that, we haven't mentioned listening in an interview. You said in a previous podcast, Sell Without Selling, it was called, you said use some key words. Is it the same here? If the interviewer uses certain words with you, Mm. do you repeat them back to them? Repeat them back, yes. Really? Yes, consciously. So if they say in this role, strategy is very important. 
it's very important that the person is strategic. And da, da, da. It would be useful if you then said, well, actually, in my last role, it's interesting you talk about strategy because that's something that we particularly looked up then. And my strategy then was, right. so you're now just repeating the words you're re- back. Repeating because the these words are words that they want to hear. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting to the end of the interview. The interviewer says to you, do you have any questions? Now, we've prepped for them, mm-hmm. but I would say don't ask a question that you've prepped, that you've already heard the answer to. Some people go, well, I've got my questions and they just read them off. They haven't listened. You're so nervous. You know, you think I've got to do these questions, right? (laughs) Right. So you should allow yourself to ask questions that just pop into your head. Well, have some prepped ones, definitely. Yeah. The first meeting really, rather like we did in the networking podcast, we talked about this. The first interview is almost to get you to the second interview. Very rarely are you ever going to be offered a job on the spot in one interview. Very rarely. True. So this interview, really, this first meeting, is around creating rapport. Is this the kind of person that I want to work with? But assuming they're seeing you and you have the skill set for the job, they're really thinking, do I want to spend the next five years of my life with this person around? It's the human skill set that comes along. And I think a lot of people forget that actually how you answer a question is important. Your body language, how relaxed you are, how focused you are, and how you appear not to be selling, not to be desperate. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is about keeping the voice relaxed and listening and answering the question. One thing I would say, the two-second pause is really important This at job interviews. If mm-hmm. somebody asks you a question, always wait two seconds before you answer because it makes it look like you value the question more. Well, give us an example again. Uh, if you could ask me, I don't know, what's my favourite film? First of all, this is, this is with no pause at all, and this is how it would sound. Robin, what's your favourite film? The Matrix. Yeah, it's quite quick, isn't it? It's a bit quick and it sounds prepared, doesn't okay, it? OK, let's try that again. So here's a slightly better way of doing the same thing. OK, Robin, what's your favourite film? About 20 years ago, I was single and I went to the cinema on a date and we went to see The Matrix the first Matrix film. The evening went very well. We watched the movie, which was fantastic. And then later on, we went for dinner and actually that was the start of a whole new relationship. So if you ask me what my favourite film is, I'd probably have to say The Matrix. Brilliant answer. It's more interesting because I'm giving yeah. you some context. I'm not just answering the question. Yeah. I'm telling you something about my life, a bit of and, history And there. you look like you've thought about it. It's storytelling, really. And all that storytelling makes it look like you're having a conversation with this person. You're not at a job interview. So we've worked on how to answer certain questions and what questions you can ask. There is one burning question in most people's minds. Can you ask about salary in the first interview? I wouldn't, actually. I think the first meeting is about chemistry. I'm with you. I don't think I'd ask in the first interview. More important than money has got to be, do I actually want to do this job and do I want to work with this person? If I do, now let's talk about the benefits. Mm, I have to say, I've got a different way of looking at this. I wouldn't talk about salary in the first interview because if they ask me back for a second interview, I know there's a chance they want me. So if there's a chance they want me, there's a chance I can get a better salary. (laughs) Okay. So to round this all up, we've got someone in the office now. We've made sure they've turned up on time, they've prepped, they know why they're there, they're dressed appropriately. We know it's a meeting, it's not an interview. If you can possibly put that in your head, make sure that they listen, they respect the interviewer because it's actually their gig, not yours. Go at their pace, make sure that you've got the same energy levels. So this is all going really, really well. Can you give us an example of what not to do now that you're leaving the interview? How do you end really well? You don't want to end by assuming you've got it. 
Okay. And it's amazing how many people blow it right at the very end. Yeah. Is they say, well, it's been a great pleasure to meet you. I look forward to working with you. Ooh. And you think, well, hang on. <laughs> that, that's really down, down to yeah. their decision. Yeah. And I think I would just say, I've really enjoyed meeting you. And leave it at that. Don't Maybe. say, when will I hear from you? No, we don't want to look like we're selling. We don't want to look desperate. We wanted to feel like we just met this person. It's a friendly meeting. Of course, it doesn't feel like that. But the more we can make it feel like a friendly meeting, yeah. the more likely they are to have enjoyed being in our company. Yeah. And can I say, the interviewer normally walks you to the door of their office. Or back to the lift or that kind or of thing. Or back yes. to the lift or something like that. So prep for that. Mm. Because that can be an awkward moment. So maybe just have one other question left in your head to smooth that over while you wait. But definitely say, thank you for taking the time. Yes. I really enjoyed it. Lovely to meet you. Then get in the lift and go. Leave neatly. I wouldn't start a new story walking from the desk to the no. door. Finish well. Bring the curtain down on the show. Yeah. And you leave. Bit of light chat. Get in the lift. Go. I think so. Yeah. I think that's it. Robin, thank you. And job interviews should be fun. They should be fun, shouldn't they? Absolutely. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass, Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermer.com.